everybody. Welcome once again. It's Thursday night. Time for another edition of Hanging and Banging Artist on Lockdown. I'm your host, Ron Onesti, from Rock and Roll Heaven right outside of Chicago in St. Charles, Illinois, the Arcata Theater. And uh, tonight is a very, very special, um, kind of an emotional uh, edition of uh, Hanging and Banging here with my uh, with my two brothers, uh, the Apice slash Apathy Brothers, and we're going to bring you right to, to the microphone in a second here. But tonight is a very, very special uh, edition, as I mentioned, because this is our celebration of life and, and the memory of, uh, of a man who has uh, touched so many lives. Uh, he's a, a, a bass player, was a bass player extraordinaire, of course, um, originally with Van- Vanilla Fudge, okay, of course, and, and, uh, and had several bands we'll talk about uh, uh, later on. But Tim Bogert, uh, we lost on January 13th at the age of 76 to cancer. And again, another, another one gone too soon, another legend, another icon. And we'll be talking to his bandmates. We'll be talking to his contemporaries. And uh, really, this is a, a big club of fans that, um, that we're going to be talking about the life and times and their memories of Mr. Tim Bogert. So without any further ado, let me bring the brothers. And I'm going to hold off on Carmine for a second because if there's one show that this is extremely special, uh, especially about uh, Carmine Apiece, it's this one. So give me a second, Carmine. But first of all, I'd like to bring your brother, my brother. Uh, you know him from Dio. You know him from Black Sabbath, another legendary icon behind the drums, Mr. Vinny Apice. Hey. Up, how you doing, Hey, man? how you doing, Ron? It's good well, to what, see you. All that aside, what's with the white sweater? So here's the thing. <laughs> I knew you were going to give it. So uh, what is it, our 30, I don't know, maybe 35th, 36th uh, week, whatever we're doing here is over six months doing it. And every week I've had a shirt that was in tribute to our guest or two. And, um, and you know, we got hit. And I'm going to give you a, a freaking sorry excuse, but it's the truth. You know, in Chicago, we got hit with 14 inches of snow. And oh. I, put a, I put a sweater on today. I'll be honest with you. So wow. I have, if you look behind me here, there's – what would be on my shirt right now? See that? That's that's today. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I knew you were gonna give me some crap about it. I knew it. Of course. <laughs> but you look good. You look. It good. wouldn't be the same. So. If I so didn't. you know what? We've got a big show here. We got. Yeah, let's go I mean, on. It's a bittersweet thing. We got a lot of joking. We always do, but this is a bittersweet show tonight. And let's bring uh, a guy to the microphone. Obviously, your brother and uh, the big brother to so many others as well in this industry. As I mentioned before, several uh, editions here. That, you know, there's been there's there's few of uh, you guys out there that have touched so <clears throat> many professional lives. And um, Carmine Apice is one of them. From Nello Fudge, of course, uh, bandmate uh, to Tim Bogert, and he's gonna have a. Not only is he host of this show. Uh, but he is also a very special guest tonight. Uh, Vinny, uh, uh, Vinny, let's bring on your brother. Carmine. Carmine. Hey. How you doing, buddy? Good. I wasn't going to say anything about the shirt. I was going to say the background looks really good. Well, yeah, you know, the background's nice. Well, I've got my, uh, I've got my uh, records up on the wall, too. Yeah, um, you, look, you look like a newscaster now. Yeah, I, I, saw, <laughs> I think I sold on this one. I sold uh, this one here. Wait a second, this one. Uh, it's, I sold 47 copies. I was very excited. This one here is my somewhat platinum because I did sell, I did hit the 50 copy mark. So I'm very excited. There you go. Um, but anyway, Carmine, you know, this is a very, uh, as I mentioned to, to, to Vinny, the drum monster, um, a very special show, obviously, um, you know, you're a host of this show, but tonight, um, you're a very, very special and honored guest on our show because, uh, Obviously, lost your brother here, uh, your other brother in Tim Bogart. Been together since the early '60s. Started Vanilla Fudge together, yeah. and uh, um, 
just just brutal. Uh, I can just yeah. imagine. And you so, know, we got we got Tim's wife watching tonight too. Oh, God so. bless her. God bless yeah. her oh, family. Cool. And uh, this is out to you, my dear, and your family. Our hearts yeah. are with the Bogart family. And um, this is from all of us in the rock and roll world, the music world. Um, God bless uh, Tim, and, and thanks to Tim for everything he's done for not just for music, but for musicians. And we're going to hear from yeah. someone like Billy Sheehan and uh, other guys that that um, uh, have been affected, uh, influenced uh, by the likes and and and, and the, the music and and the the, the methodology of uh, Tim Bogart. So you know what what I'd like to do, Carmine, because again, I know you've got a lot to talk about uh, with Tim. And what I'd like to do, I'd like to bring all our guests out. Because, you know, yeah. we love jam sessions. Those are great. You know, we talked to David Fishoff uh, from the School of Rock last, uh, uh, um, I'm sorry, the classic, uh, uh, the Rock Camps, our, our last edition. And, uh, and it always finishes with this great big jam. Well, tonight I'd like this to be like, a, like an audio, like a verbal jam, all yeah. in tribute to our yeah. brother, Tim Bogart. So let's, uh, let's bring him out. Um, I'll start out with Warren. You know him from the Allen Brothers Band. You know him from Government Mule. Um, this guy, as far, as far as rock and roll historian, this guy knows his stuff. And uh, he's had some great words about Tim Bogart. Let's bring Warren Haynes uh, out. Uh, Warren, so good to see you. And thank you for being part hey, of this. Warren. Hey, Warren. Show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, good to see you, buddy. My pleasure. Glad to be here. How you yeah. been holding up during this whole pandemic thing? Uh, it's tough, you know, it's tough for all of us. And, uh, um, yeah. I think we're all thinking the same thing is let's get back to work. Yeah. 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 Well, we're feeling that it's, uh, maybe there's some uh, light around the, at the end of the tunnel. I think we're feeling at this point, maybe summer, you know, I, I, we hope so. Yeah. Let's, uh, keep our fingers crossed. But, uh, you know, I, I keep telling people I haven't been home this much since I was 15. <laughs> uh, all uh, of no. us. <laughs> it is, yeah. I haven't gone this long without gigging since I was 15, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know everyone's feeling it. Another guy, that a very good uh, a friend of our show, friend of the Arcata Theater, and obviously uh, a friend and follower of Mr. Tim Bogert. Let's bring from Mr. Big, Winery Dogs, of course, and so many other uh, bands. But again, another bass legend, our good friend, Mr. Billy Sheehan. How you doing, Billy? Doing great. Hey. Doing great. Hey. Wonderful yeah. to see all you guys, Warren, Carmine, yeah, man. Vinny, and Ron, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, we might be in trouble. You got the bass in your hand. I know. I, don't know. <laughs> I love it. Are you going to show it? You're going to show us some of Timmy's licks? Absolutely. You know, we got uh, all kinds of things going on uh, tonight, man. It's going to be great. You know, you're yeah. like uh, Bumblefoot. I never see you without a freaking instrument in your hand. It's crazy. <laughs> there oh, it is. There it there is. You go. Yeah, man. Hey, let's bring out, we got another brother that's waiting, waiting to come on to the show. We're going to do this big old jam session, this audio verbal jam session in, in tribute to Tim uh, Bogart, our brother that we lost uh, on January um, 13th. But you know him from the Fab Faux, but you also know him from all of the Conan O'Brien shows, Tonight Show, the Conan Show. It's really an honor to have him. I haven't met him before, but I'm really excited to see him uh, from, uh, again, from Conan. Mr. Jimmy Vivino, let's get him on. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Hey, hey Jimmy. Hey, hey, Billy, how are you? Hey, everybody. Hey, Hi, Jimmy. I got to talk about the shirt. I got to talk about the yeah. shirt, too. Because, you know, Italians, are wet. you're going to get a gravy stain on that. Know. And, you know, you don't wear white. We just don't. That's right. I know. I got, it's funny because I got a plate of meatballs right there waiting for me. So it's <laughs> uh, You get uh, one rope. One rogue meatball, it's all over. <laughs> it's all over. Hey, hey, hey Warren, everybody, man. Hey, hey, y'all. Jimmy, uh, 
How you doing, this man? Is a, this is a testament to this beard started about here last March. That's and, crazy, uh, man. That's <laughs> crazy. I, I refuse to dye it or cut it until I want to. Uh, I want to grow one, but then I want to do the whole comb over thing. I think. I think that'll help. Oh, good. Me out. Well, we had. We just got rid of that guy, didn't we, with the comb over? But go ahead. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, yeah. uh, thank you for joining us, Jimmy. Well, another Italian cousin you're, of ours. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, really I appreciate. Know. You peppered it with a couple of non-Italians, but they're all, you know, they're all. No, it, it can't all be the garlic. We've got to <laughs> throw a little parsley mom. in there, too. I, I'm, I'm married to an Italian, so. Oh, you sure are. are. You really are. <laughs> we got our sympathy. Now you got us feeling sorry for you. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right, we got another guy that, uh, again, you know, it's really uh, an honor to, to bring him to the show. A very special individual. You know, you know him uh, for his, obviously, his guitar playing, but um, also had some special moments with uh, our uh, subject of honor, Mr. Tim Ber Boger, tonight. Uh, let's bring him to the stage, another Italian cousin, uh, Mr. Joe Bonamassa. How you doing, Joe? Hey, Joe. I'm doing great. Doing hey, great, Joe. Joe. <laughs> nice to see you, gentlemen. I, yeah. I, I'm in the middle of uh, producing Jimmy Hall, the legendary Jimmy Hall here in Nashville. Oh, wow. oh, that's awesome. And he wanted me to send his regards and, and says he has – uh, lots of fond memories of, of Wet Willie and 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 yeah. Jack Bogart in a piece doing show yeah. 74 and um, was really you know really sad to to learn of Tim's passing and, and yeah. so was I. Where where does Jimmy live now? He, uh... Been in Nashville for forty one years. He likes to wow. say. Wow. <laughs> But I think finally he he's been talking about moving to California because he I think the weather's finally. You know, enough is enough. So, but uh, yeah. it's been great. Well, thanks for joining us, Joe. It's <laughs> a very cool. special, very special show tonight. And I save uh, the introduction of these last two guys. Man, I'd like to bring them out at the same time because, um, you know, obviously not only were they were they musical brothers of Mr. Bogart, but um, but also from my understand, Carmine, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first time that uh, you three uh, musical brothers have gotten together. Uh, you know, uh, vocally here since the passing of, of Tim. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's bring your and bandmates. And before, and before. Yes. So let's bring your bandmates, Tim Bogart's brand, bandmates together, the members of Vanilla Fudge. We've got Vince Martell, guitarist, okay. and, of course, Mark Stein on the keys. Yeah. Us tonight. Wow. Yeah. wow. Hey, everybody. How you all doing? This is a hey, all-star team here. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. We, we got nine guys. We could be a we could be a baseball team here. Yeah, the Brady we lost, Brady bunch. We lost Vinny. No, I can't see Vinny. We gotta get Vinny, uh, another Vinny. He's probably wearing a black shirt. my favorite uh, yeah. ball hey, for Well, we'll get we'll get. Thank we'll you, man. And I got to tell you, Mark. You know, we've been doing this show for uh, for well over six months, 36, 37, 38 episodes. What it is, and I tell you what, I have not. I still love. The way we start the show every time with the get set me free, why don't you, baby? Just I love yeah. it, I love it, I love it, and it gets it sets the table. So, gentlemen, well, thank you for joining cool. us tonight. And uh, right. you know, this is a this is a real special show, obviously. Um, you know, and I, I, I hats off to to the members, of course, of Vanilla Fudge, not only for what you've done, uh, you know, since '67 with the Fudge getting it going, but um, also tonight paying tribute uh, to Tim. You know. Um, uh, Carmine, you know, I, I got to start with you. I mean, you know, besides the obvious, um, what is the passing of Tim mean to you at, at this particular time? Well, for me, it's been really rough. A month ago, I was 
talking to Tim and we and his wife and we were all in tears about the fact that he was going to pass and and Tim was very brave and to me you know he's like a brother I, I went to so many bands with him still played him you know uh, as late as uh, I don't know 2010 or 11 and uh, you know, he's definitely one of my favorite bass players to play with I, I, I think it's him and Tony Franklin are my two favorite guys to play with and you know Tim was the original you know Tim was the original maniac yep. bass player yep and he knew how to he knew how to play a groove and he knew how to go out there and come back and sometimes he never came back he used to go out there and, <laughs> and just stayed out there <laughs> yeah and i was held holding the groove and i'd say tim come on back <laughs> but we we had a thing it's like like me and my brother when we play together we just looked at each other and we know what we were thinking you know mm -hmm. yeah. okay unfortunately we have the very last track that tim recorded on a vanilla fudge track we recorded uh, a year and about a year and a uh, half ago, it's a Supreme songs. We we Mark did a great arrangement of this, uh, stopping the name of love, okay. and we put it together. And we went over Jorgen's house. Jorgen is the bass player from Government Mule, mm -hmm. and we put Tim down. And at the point, he he wasn't feeling great, but you know what? He did a great job. Hey, and guys, the thing that screwed it up was was the drum tracks. The drum tracks screwed it up. So I'm going to fix those drum tracks in my studio here. And then we're gonna um, we're gonna get it mixed and properly and get it finished and, and really try and do something with it. But and we have a picture. I believe I believe I gave it to Ben, a producer. A picture of me, Jorgen, and Tim at that studio. It was the very last, the very last thing that, the very last photo I did with Tim. And I think it's the last musician type photo that Tim ever did. So when was this? This was a year ago. The day, he he died on January 13th this year. Right. It was January 14th. There it is. January 14th of 220. That was uh, Jorgen's studio. Wow. Man. God That's bless cool. him. Yeah. God and bless you know, he, he bought that bass specifically to do that session because he always played six string basses. And he knew that I liked him better on a four string. <laughs> oh, so really? He. So he got that bass just to do this session with us. You had uh, that much influence on him and, and to the point where you dictated what bass he used? Well, well no, I don't know. He, he just knew that I loved the way he played four string. That's awesome. You know? And I did. When, when he played the, the six string, as Billy knows, it's not the same as a four string. Yeah, That's true. Soulful. Right? What's the difference, Billy? Well, Tim uh, lived on that four string for so long that when he switched over to five, I got a little little tear came to my eye and going to sleep. <laughs> but it's just, a, it's, you can concentrate more, I think, on your bass playing than, than mapping out where you got to go. Uh, for me, it's just a, it's just the way to go. Uh, I, right. Yeah. Hey, Mark, uh, obviously, you know, uh, another uh, Fudge original here. And, and just like, I, you know, I got to toss it to you, just like I asked Carmine, I mean, a brother of yours since the beginning. Um, what yeah. uh, what's his passing mean to you beside the obvious? Well, you know, I, back at, way back in 1965, uh, I was playing in a band called Rick Martin and the yep. Showman. Yep. And it was, uh, you know, it was a top 40 band. I guess I was, man, I think I was 18 years old. And uh, we were playing places in the city like the Headliner, the Petment Lounge. 
yep. wagon wheel, all the hot spots in the city. And our original bass player uh, got drafted. So I guess off to Vietnam he went. And I remember Rick uh, calling me up and said, well, I know this guy, Tim Bogart. He's, you know, he's real good. So we were on our way. I think we were playing in a bowling alley somewhere outside <laughs> of the city. <laughs> and we picked Timmy up in his house in Ridgefield, New Jersey. And that's the first time I ever met him. He comes, you know, bopping into the car with a little bebop hat on. And, how you doing, man? So, you know, we never played together. We never, it was just like that. Just, I guess Rick must have told them uh, what songs we were going to be doing. Mm-hmm. But we never rehearsed. And we just went to the gig. And, uh, I mean, it, obviously it was rough as hell. But uh, I remember it was like, wow, this guy, I was really impressed. And then uh, we just started hanging out. You know, we became really good friends. We were teenagers, and and uh, you know, Tim was heavily uh, influenced by James Jameson. You know, you talk about a four-string bass. You know, the four-four-string, you know, Fender Precision. So he was heavily influenced by him, and he loved Paul McCartney. So uh, to me, Timmy became a, a combination of those two guys on steroids. You know, wow, because it's true. <laughs> Powerful, He's incredible excursions but you know you'd always come home uh, uh he, he turned out to be pretty amazing and you know we used to hang out and talk about one day becoming pop stars you know <laughs> back in those days the name rock star didn't exist yet so you were sure. a pop star so uh we'd go and see bands like the young rascals oh, yeah. get blown away by that blue-eyed soul and then and then the pigeons is the band that we had and uh and that's when Vinnie Martell joined us, you know, and uh, we we went to uh, a place in Long Island called the Eye, and I'll never forget, I saw a band called The Vagrants. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's right. West, who recently passed a few months ago as well. Yep. And when I saw The Vagrants, you know, we, we saw The Vagrants, we were, our minds were so blown by the dynamics and the drama that they were putting into these songs. I went home that night and I said, I got to do that. I said, we have to do this. So the wheels started turning. And, uh, you know, the drummer that we had, Joey Brandon, was a good drummer, but he was more like a Charlie Watts guy, you know. So we needed somebody that could, you know, cut the symphonic, uh, you know, long-winded arrangements that we wanted to put together with a lot of harmonies. Me and Tim went club to club looking for a good drummer. And we went into this place one night called the Choo Choo Club in Garfield, New Jersey. Sure. And uh, there was uh, Dean Parrish was the artist, a really soul singer. And I think it was a band called Thursday's Children. And this guy, <laughs> Carmine, right? Yeah. This guy, Carmine, was playing. And uh, we sat at the bar, like right close to the stage. And this cat was like blowing us away, man. It was just so powerful with that bass drum and the funk and all these syncopated, you know, and I think he was singing some stuff. Me and Tim... We we looked at each other and who's gonna go talk to him? I said I'll go talk to him. You know? <laughs> so I go. I went backstage. I said, "Dude, you come outside. We want to talk to you about something." You know, and we explained about the music that we wanted to try and create. And Carmine said, "Yeah, man, that sounds awesome. I'm in." Next thing you know, the three of us started rehearsing. Uh, you know, with Vinnie Martell, of course, and in, uh, in a bar in Bayonne, New Jersey. You know, probably 10 days later, you know, my dad <clears throat> got Phil Basile, who owned the Action House and a bunch of clubs out in Long Island to sure. give us a listen. So we went out and auditioned. He liked us. 
And we started from there and uh, Tim uh, started to develop his style on stage. Not only was he a great bass player with tremendous feel, but visually he was like incredible. <laughs> the way he would dance around Big the part. stage and come yeah. back to the middle of the stage on the downbeat. And we actually all, the Vanilla Fudge was, you know, created that visual drama, you know, collectively. But, uh, yeah. and you know, Mark, that was the first bass player I ever played with. Really? And all my other bands had left hand bass on the keyboard. I was just blown away with him. I said, oh my God, this guy is amazing. And Mark's voice was great, and Vinny was great. And so I was really, yeah, I had the thing in the back of my head, let me check these guys out. But sure. I wasn't really in until we played. When we played, I said, that, that's it, I'm in. You know. Well, you know, it's 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 really incredible tonight, especially, you know, again, as I mentioned, this is the first time that the, the balance of uh, the fudge is, is together. Uh, uh, I'm back, not, guys, just to yeah. let you know. Well, that's, that's, that's hey. what I'm going to now. That, you know, again, the balance of the fudge, which is really exciting to have you, Vince Martell, guitarist. Um, you know, we were talking to uh, Mark and Carmine about their, uh, you know, how this, how Tim's passing has affected them give us a little insight on your relationship with tim bogart okay uh for me i got a couple of things i'd like to say about timmy i wrote it out because uh i wanted to get all the ideas and kind of like what we heard what everybody's saying mark and uh carmine you know it was always an honor and adventure to work with timmy uh in 66 mark and timmy uh uh and drummer joey brennan and i used to rehearse at timmy's house front porch Mark had his new B3 organ. I had a red 3.5 and a twin. Timmy had his precision bass B15 amp. We soon became the pigeons. After rehearsals, we'd go for sodas and ice cream nearby, a la happy days. How ironic. We later became vanilla fudge. Timmy loved ice cream. Really? Okay. That's funny. And, and there's more. There's more. There's more. Here's the next part. We were playing a choo-choo club in Lodi, New Jersey. We were doing R&B tunes. Timmy told Mark mm -hmm. about a drum he saw with a funky foot. So we later became the Pigeons with Carmine. Timmy played sax in high school, and his bass playing was influenced by that. He had an uncanny way of going off on a wild tangent and coming back yep. with precision on the top of the beat. Mark and us would dissect the tunes of the day, We'd reconstruct them. We all added our parts to bring these monsters to life. Okay? No. <laughs> I have one more list. Okay, guys. One more list. One more. One more list. Part in 2006, we did out through the indoor a Zeppelin album. Timmy became a little bit more conservative in his playing, giving the song exactly what was needed. He locked in with Carmine, and they were like two players with one heartbeat. When I talked to Timmy a few weeks ago, Timmy said to me, the Lord is calling me home. We prayed, and I know that Timmy is rocking in heaven. Till yeah. we meet again, brother. Wow. Yeah. God bless yeah. him. Very good. Great message. Great message, Amen. man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Joe Bonamassa. Now, I, I was doing some research on this, and I pulled up a great freaking video. You know, obviously, the, the, the one, um, uh, the Beck uh, uh, Bogart Peace album, you know, you doing Superstition with them. But then I, I found out that there was a shot that it almost was Bonamassa Bogart in a piece. 
How did yes. that go down? Um, well, I've met, you know, I met Carmine and Tim years ago. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I was a fan. I mean, I was a fan and then couldn't believe I was hanging out with these guys, you know. <laughs> and well, they called you your little, their, they called you their little brother. That's right. how young you were. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I, you know. And, you know, the, one of the things that I, I just wanted to say about, you know, you know, Tim and, and, and Carmine, it's like, you know, I, I've gotten the, the opportunity to meet a lot of my heroes, most of which are on, on this, on this broadcast. And, and, and lucky are the few that when you get to meet your heroes, they're, they turn out to be super genuine, sweet people as well, mm-hmm. because I've met, a, I've met some heroes of mine that weren't like that. And, and, and it kind of ruined, you know, their music for me a little bit. And I try to detach them, but um, yeah, we jammed a few times and it was great. And, and, and unfortunately we never got it together, but it was, it was one of those things that um, it was a thrill of a lifetime to play with, with Carmine and Tim because, I had studied so much the intricacies of how that rhythm section worked and was trying my best to kind of, you know, to, to just be, you know, one of those guys, you know, and, and, you know, I can never, I could never replace the other JB. Um, <laughs> you know, we share, but, but not the talent, you know, um, but uh, it was, it's, it's a, it's a great, it's a it's a great honor to to now and to to pay tribute to a man I have a deep respect for musically, but but as as a friend and and a, and a, and a gentleman who who was a consummate gentleman at at, at all times and couldn't and, and and could you know regardless of how many he had two strings or six or t- twenty he could he knew what to play and he and he would always create this wonderful tension within this the the music yeah yeah. You know, Billy. You uh, thank you, Joe. You know, Billy. You you you've you've mentioned him several times as as being one of your top, if not the top, the top. Um, yeah, influence with regards to bass playing. I mean, uh, what I know, you know, you you you've adjusted the the Telecaster part of your of your of your uh, of your bass. I mean, every what is the number one thing that, uh, of influence you think you can attribute to Tim? Well. Uh... Tim and Carmine together uh, were a force of nature. And that's how I learned what you play on bass, is you play with the drummer plays, the bass drum and the snare drum. And, and Tim was doing the tom fills, too. And every move that Carmine did, Tim did a corresponding bass move. And uh, that, to me, would define how you play bass. And uh, that's I got that from, from Tim, for sure. There were other guys that influenced me, but... Tim was the number one guy. When I finally did meet him, uh, he was the sweetest guy to me, the nicest guy. Uh, you know, I'm just, you know, beginning to get my, my spot, you know, and he was just uh, just so generous to me and so kind. And But his, his bass playing, I, I think he described it as uh, – uh, Motown on acid, which would be James <laughs> on acid. Well, it makes perfect sense because it's still, it's, it, it's kind of exactly like that. He goes, uh, like Carmen said earlier, he'd go way out, sometimes stay out there, but man, he always came back and uh, I just uh, modeled myself after after this record. I mean, that was... Uh, yeah, man. 
so important to me. Look at these handsome gentlemen on the back here, too. Wow. We should sit and look at the album. Plus, it had a naked girl on the front. That didn't hurt at all. That was all Of course. But you know, Billy, that's like a reoccurring statement from people of just how generous he was from a personal, like he will take the time to set you straight or give you those tips. Absolutely. And a vocalist, too. What a great yeah, yeah. He, hits a, he hits the highest notes of all really? of us. Really? I just in saw that. I just saw the, uh, the live with uh, Jeff uh, back to Superstition where he, he just hits his high note and slides up and keeps on going, keeps on yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his yeah, timing yeah. while he's playing, he's singing <laughs> while he's playing, playing guitar and singing is is. A lot easier yeah. playing bass and singing. Yeah. I certainly have mastered it. And Tim was uh -oh. a grandmaster. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you know, uh, Jimmy Vivino. First of all, before we talk about Tim, I just got to say that I I, just, I love on your site how you say that the best guitar is the one you don't have. Oh um, yeah. What? Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that yeah. says a lot right there, right? Well, um, you know, I get, I, I always get, uh, uh, Joe Bonamassa always blames me for his habit, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, 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 but rightly so, um, you know, I, I, and, and about, about Timmy, um, you know, those records take me for a little while to be as the benchmark for oh, great man. bass playing. Uh, oh, the, and and yeah. not only, I don't know if it's it, all four of them putting into those arrangements, a uh, great trade Martin song, which sounds nothing like that <laughs> anywhere else in the it, mm -hmm. it's outer space. But also Shadow Morton, who created little dramas on all of his records with the Shangri Las, um, you know, I, I believe was partially instrumental in that vibe that was created on that record. That's the greatest breakout record, <clears throat> guys. You know, when I was I was ten years old, younger than everybody, so these guys I was like the kid looking over the fence. At wow. the fudge of the rascals, and, you know, and 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 when to reflect on what Joe said, when when people step out of your record collection into your life, it's the greatest thing. And uh, and it's a Timmy, great statement. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's true for all of us, though. I think it's true for every one of us. Uh, yeah. That bass part, Timmy tries so hard when that song starts to contain himself. Mm -hmm. But by the time, if you don't want me, well, he starts going. He just and he's singing one of the parts live at the same time, you know. Yeah. And and it and it just takes off. It just to, and nobody played like that ever. Yeah. Even Jamerson didn't. It was more of a pattern with Jamerson. With Timmy, yeah. it was spurts of Jamerson, spurts of McCartney, a little bit of uh, you know. Uh, Jazz, jazz players, yeah, a little Hendrix. bit of madness. <laughs> yeah, and you know and that that's the only song. That's the only song that Shadow Morton brought to the band. The rest really? of the album was was our stage show. Yeah, just recorded. It wasn't. Yeah. you know, no overdubs. You know, we the only overdubs we did was some vocals and maybe uh, uh, people get ready. We might have overdubbed a few background but, but, vocals. But a great band makes you think as a kid they wrote all those songs sure yeah. you know and yeah. the rascals the rascals were kind of the forerunners of that you know yeah slow and everything and you then they every forgot, they forgot he said to me you know why they're you guys know david right he's you know you know dave yeah. he says you know yeah. why they're the vanilla fudge because they took the rascals and slowed it down like fudge dripping down. Oh my god! <laughs> and even, yes. and even their vibrato, little. Yeah. 
it's like more Ronnie Spector yeah. than Ronnie Spector, you know. And it's funny and, we had the same we had the same speed vibratos as well. Yes, it was beautiful. Now I met Timmy in in, in 1971. I think restrictions had just come out ah, sometime yeah. around October, November 1971. Evil. And, uh, Cactus was going to play a show at Ramapo College in New Jersey. Oh. My and my band, I was 16. My band opened up for Cactus at that oh, show. Wow. And, wow. Uh, and, and, uh, and Timmy, and there was a couch on the side of the stage. Timmy spent half of his set sitting on that couch. He wasn't even <laughs> on stage. He was on the couch playing like this, you know, <laughs> just looking over, telling my brother, hey, get lost. You're, you got a beautiful girlfriend, Jerry. Get lost, you know. Just telling my brother. And, uh, and at the end of the night, I'll, I'll end the story with this. At the end of the night, one of your road crew forgot the SVT. I think he was playing an Ampeg SVT at the time. Uh, they, they left it outside the, the door. And, uh, and our fathers were coming in their station wagons to pick us up, <laughs> put our gear. And two guys in the band are like the devil and the angel on your shoulder. And one's going, let's take it. It's Tim Bogerts. We got to take it. The other guys, we can't take it. It's Tim Bogerts. We can't do that. Finally, your crew comes back and grabs the amp. Uh, that moment uh -huh. of... Do you, do you take it <laughs> or, or what, you know? Uh, and, and, of course, the band didn't know what the crew left behind. Gentlemen, I just have my, my special guest is here to record on Jimmy Hall's record. I got I to gotta run. I just wanted to say it's an honor to be here. I love Tim Boger. I love all of you. And uh, thanks for inviting me. Sorry I have tell, to run. Tell Jimmy I said hi. I will. Me too. Me too. Me too, and man. All of us. Yeah. All of us. Thank you as good as ever, and, and it's just a celebration of music. I, I love you all. Thank, thank, thanks for having thank me. You. Thank, you. thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. All right. Ciao. You know, thanks a lot, Joe, for joining us. Joe Bonamassa joining us on our special trip Jimmy, to Tim. Jimmy, that, that record, Restrictions, had Evil on it, and Evil yeah. was the <laughs> we played with, with Warren. Yeah. On one of the one of the New Year's Eve gigs. Yeah, that's right. I played, yeah. we, I think we did together five New Year's Eve gigs. Yeah, yeah. With Warren and you know what's funny? When Danny Lewis won one one of the at one of the sort of like sound checks, and Carmine and I were there, and and uh, and he's doing the keep me hanging on. He's doing the organ intro. Mark's fantastic com composition of an intro. Yeah. And, and Carmine, his ear is so good. Goes, wait a minute, that note is that note. Is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he just he just knows. Look, guys, a lot of people don't respect their records. Uh, we yeah. worship their records, you know, yeah. as players. And it always bothered me working with Chuck Berry or Bo Diddley or people who didn't give a shit about their records. That to us were, you know, but. When you see Carmine know every note on that, every guy's part, he knows the guitar part. He knows all the parts. He's like James Brown. It's like, you know, he could, you could arrange, you could fix any band, kick their ass, you know? Hey guys, we'll be right back after a few messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to our Hanging and Banging podcast. I'm Ron Onesti here with Vinny Apice and of course the legendary Carmine Apice. Warren, you know, again, you're you're one of those. Uh, I've been following you for a long time, man, and it's an honor to to, to see you here tonight. And thanks for joining us. Um, you know, you're one of those guys that really knows their rock and roll history. And um, you know, some of your um, your your comments about Tim Bogert were just so heartfelt. And um, can you give us your uh, kind of testimonial? 
to Tim because I think it really says a lot about Tim the musician and Tim the man. Well, you know, the You Keep Me Hanging On was the first thing that I heard. I was seven years old. Uh, oh my God. Uh, sorry, guys. Oh, you're killing me, man. Hey, oh, Bonamassa makes me feel old, so uh, I'm doing it back to you guys. Um, but so I, you know, I heard from the very beginning. Um, but when then I heard Cactus a- after that, and then I heard uh, uh, Beck Bogart in a piece. And the thing that always struck me with Tim was he had this fuck you attitude <laughs> that uh, a lot of us adopted, you know, uh, Alan Woody, my partner in crime and government mule, that was his whole thing was uh, fuck you. I'm going to do it my way. And you, I think what Tim contributed, like uh, I think Mark was the first person to say it tonight. The groove was always there. There was no denying that there were a lot of cats that could go crazy but couldn't groove. Mm-hmm. Tim could groove his ass off and go crazy and somehow came up with this distorted sound that made the whole band sound bigger, made the whole band sound louder. And uh, it, it was just incredible. You know, when, when we started Government Mule in 94, and I talked a little bit about this in the, the thing you were referring to that I wrote about Tim, mm-hmm. uh, it was based on the the power trio, the right. the whole art of an improvisational rock trio. And in the power trio, <clears throat> the bass player and the drummer have to do a bigger job than they have to do in, in any other band. Uh, everybody does, but especially the bass player and the drummer. The way Carmine and Tim played together, whether it, it, any band they were in, left this blueprint for us, us to follow. And there were people, Jack and Ginger did it. You know, there were, uh, there were people that played that way that made us not want to settle for less, you know. So when we started the trio, we thought all of our heroes, we got to set the bar really high. We can't go out there with some whippy-ass bass sound mm-hmm. that uh, people have been recording uh, for decades now. Because I talked about also how the – the bass sound got more and more polite through the years and rock and roll mm-hmm. suffered as, as a result, you know, are you referring so, to that, that dirty bass? Uh, yeah, concept? absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. the, the bass in all the music that we loved, even Jamerson, you know, uh, even there was some dirt there. They weren't trying to clean it up. McCartney was dirty. Everybody was dirty. It, it wasn't till the mid to late seventies that people started trying to sterilize the bass. Yeah, and the uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> and and the drum. And the drum. <laughs> yeah, and the drum. You know, but uh, w- when you're playing in a in a trio, you have to have that that engine behind you that's just firing on all cylinders and and going all the time. Otherwise, it it. it, uh, it you might as well add an instrument, you know, the the key Mm -hmm. to, and, and, and I, when I think of trios, like I'm also including Zeppelin and the who and, and cactus and, you know, bands where there was a front man, uh, you know, we're, we're thinking about that as well. But Tim was one of the, the models that, that we all studied. And it was just a way of, of making the music go when you thought it couldn't go higher, it's going to go higher. You know, uh, and, and to me, that's such a, a lost art. It's great that people are still uh, kind of 
studying that, and, and hopefully it'll be around forever because there's no reason to settle for less than what the best music can be. And you guys showed us, you know, uh, Carmine, you, you and Tim showed us a lot of, of what a rhythm section can be. It doesn't have to be uh, just playing what the producer tells you to play. Yep. <laughs> well, that's what's been, been said about the fudge and then in particular about Tim. Absolutely. Really setting the bar, really that, setting the bar for bands. Right. Absolutely. The vanilla fudge was like, you know, even though I was young, it knocked my head off. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and Beck Boger and the Peace knocked my head off in a whole different yeah. way. And I, w- I went back recently and listened to that live in Japan. Um, and man, some of the stuff that Tim was playing on there yeah. is so underrated. We, we have a new one going to come out uh, this year. It's live in 1974 at the London wow. Rainbow. Woo! Has, has I heard seven, about that. It has seven new songs. And wow. when I talked to Jeff after we mixed it, Jeff said, this is a great record. He said, not only is it great, but we're all playing very uh, humorous. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, like I would do something stupid, then Tim would do something stupid to follow me, and you would do something stupid to follow me. You know, so the three of us would, you know, like, one, one after another would catch what the other one did, something silly, and we would, we would answer each other. And I said, yeah, I guess you're right, because there was a lot of that kind of stuff going on, you know. Three well, yeah, it was real quick. jamming. It's all jamming. Really. <laughs> I think my brother, when he played with Dio, they had that that same trio consciousness as well. With Jimmy Bain and Vinny were a great rhythm section, and Vivian Campbell just kind of sailed wow. over them. And I, I know Vinny never recorded like going, okay, well, this one I'm going to play in the verse, and then in the pre-chorus I'm going to play this every time, and then I'm going to play this, and then I'm going to pan up all my drums and make them sound like pillows. Yeah. You know? And that was Not in like the 80s. That. That was 1982, <laughs> and I used to love that original Dio band because of it. And it yeah, reminded me of all, all we did. And then when I joined Blue Murder, Tony Franklin, we had the same vibe as me and Tim and that trio vibe that you're talking about, which is nothing like it. Well, let what me about, ask you, you know. What about, uh, what about Timmy using a fudge box? Yeah. Nobody, nobody ever did that back then, right? A bass solo, Plus, then all of a sudden. Kicked yeah, into the an, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It was an amp. And the, the solo just went up to the moon, you know? It was just yeah. like, yep. holy shit. You know, Carmine, and, we talk Tim, about every every week saying, we talk on, about. Oh, go ahead, Carm. Tim used to come to like our family party sometimes mm-hmm. when he was little, you know, so so then he got to hang out with him as a as a person. That's, oh, yeah. that's that's my question here because every you know we we goof around a lot on this show every week and once in a while it's really cool guys to see like you know the younger brother hit, messing with the older brother and it's kind of cool. <laughs> but not only uh, Vinny uh, uh, did you have Carmine as an older brother, but obviously you had Tim. Uh, how was he? Did you have that kind <laughs> of a relationship uh, hanging around with these guys like Tim as an older brother figure? Well. You know, Tim, Tim, Carmine would bring him over to mom's house in Brooklyn and she would cook pasta and Tim Carmine were there. So Timmy was always so sweet and so nice. Great to hang out with. He got along with the whole family, you know, my cousin, just everybody loved him. And uh, I myself was just totally influenced with the fudge. I used to go to the auction house. Parents would take me and my sister when I was nine years old. 10 years old, right in the front of the stage watching. Well, Carmine's in the back, but Timmy was right in front of me. I'm like, holy shit. My friend Angelo, who wound up being uh, 
the engineer for all the Dio records, we played together. He played bass. So that, that was our uh, in, uh, inspiration right there, watching Fudge. I mean, they were just insane, you know. So it's such a good band. And then the, one other thing I'd like to say, back then when you watched Ed Sullivan's show and, like, the Doors were on mm -hmm. or the Association, then the Fudge went on. you never seen a bass player <laughs> do that on Ed Sullivan. <laughs> or the whole band, but especially Timmy. Just yeah. holy shit! Bass players would normally stick it. You looked like he was spastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then twirling and all the double tom stuff, and, and nobody played get, like this stuff. Mark and Vinny couldn't get Mark's hands down. Vinny was everybody yeah. looked great. It was awesome. No, Tim was like the Sam Butera of bass. He just was like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the wildest. Yeah. Free old people. Hey, yeah. uh, real quick here. You know, you mentioned Tony Franklin a little bit earlier, Carm, and uh, yeah. obviously legendary bass player, fretless dude. He's got a little uh, – he yeah. couldn't be with us tonight, but he did send yeah. us a message. Let's, let's go to that. Ben? Okay. Fretless monster. Hello, it's Tony yep. Franklin here. Hey, I just wanted to pass along my huge respect and love to Tim Bogart. It was actually many years later that I became aware of him. Uh, for whatever reason, Vanilla Fudge, BBA, Cactus didn't really break through in the UK, so I didn't hear of him until until I started working with Carmine Apice. Hi, Carmine. And uh, <laughs> so with my work with him, with, with Blue Murder, Guitar Zeus and many projects over the years. And then later on, I actually did some gigs with Carmine and Cactus. And uh, that's when I really dove deeply into what Timmy was doing. And wow, such huge respect. I mean, what he was doing, just jamming in that, in the hard rock context like that. What a groundbreaker, really. And it's, it's a lot of fun to play his parts and get into the spirit of, of his parts, which was always very adventurous, just going for it and never know where, where it would go. And then, of course, Carmine was right there with me, with him. So it's the same spirit. So it was really nice to get into that place and just huge, massive, mad respect and love. Tim, bless yeah. you on your travels onto the next plane, my bass brother. All the best to you all. Thanks for your time and uh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony. Thank you so much. My question is to the uh, uh, to the to the members of the Fudge here. You know, when you guys were were doing this, uh, you know, some of the. I mean, you know, looking at some of the stuff that you guys have accomplished. Look who you played with, who you played before, who you played after. I mean, it it blows my mind. Those years when you're when you're working with and and opening up for for Page and the Yardbirds and and Zeppelin. Um, you know, no, no, with, no, with, they opened up for us. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. They, I know. I'm sorry, I meant to say that. So that's what I meant. I mean, that whole thing, that whole that whole dynamic there. I mean, I know we've talked about it, Karen, but what was what was Tim's, you know, was he impressed at all? Was he like just hey, just give me show me where the baseline is and, and I'll take it from there. What what do you say, Mark? Um, could, you, um, could you clarify that? I couldn't hear you, uh, Ron. Oh, sorry. No, just like I said, being around when, when you had Zeppelin opening for you guys, when you're working with the, the Yardbirds and Jimmy, uh, was, was, was Tim very much like, I don't want to say starstruck, but I mean, was he in the moment? Were you, was he really feeling it? Oh, yeah, he was definitely in a moment. 
I mean, he, he, he used to, you know, check out Zeppelin, and you know, he, he loved it. I mean, those were the raw bread and bacon be, days. Uh, they would be starstruck with him. Yeah. Right? They well, at first, at first they were. It. At first they were yeah. starstruck, uh, especially Robert um, John uh, and John Bonham. And, and, and oh, actually, you were talking about Tim. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, they were, yeah, but they were, he said they were starstruck as well. They were. But, but Tim wasn't really starstruck kind of guy, you know? You know what I mean, Mark? He wasn't really starstruck kind of guy. But he was always in the moment. Always there. He was always always there. in the moment. And, uh, you know, he, he was a pretty smart dude. I mean, back when he was really young, I remember really, uh Musically, but he was really an intelligent cat, you know. What did we I mean, used to do? Hey, hey guys, I got a story for you about Timmy with that. And, Hold on, Vinny. I just uh, remember him about... having conversations uh, on, you know, talking about, you know, building cars or talking about the politics of the day or the war in Vietnam or fashion or whatever. And uh, I just like, you know, Half the time, I didn't know what he was talking about. You know, he, he was a little bit more mentally mature than, than I was anyway at the time. It took me a while to catch up to him. But when I finally did catch up to him, you know, we hooked up pretty good for a number of years after that. You know? we, we used to call him Spock. <laughs> Why? Why? Because, okay, remember, you, could, okay. because you, you could ask him anything. And he really? had an answer for you. Right, Mark? You, you say, yeah, why does that tree have brown and green bark? And Tim would go, <laughs> well, that's because, and he'd start going. So after a while, we would say, okay, Spock, you know. And, I never uh, heard that about I him. Did, dig it. Yeah. Dig this, yeah. guys. Uh, the quintessential Timmy. L listen to this one. Timmy was always eccentric and something that always sticks in my mind. We were touring Europe, 68, 69. We played a gig in Paris. We did our show. Timmy did his solo. And while Carmine was doing his solo, Timmy sat at the front of the edge of the stage with his legs dangling, Mickey Mouse T-shirt, round <laughs> crimson sunglasses, right? The colors, man, watching the audience watch us. You guys remember that? Wow. I kind of remember that, yeah. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. The quintessential hey, yeah, he, he used to wear that Mickey Mouse t-shirt a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'd like to do, guys? Because we are winding down here. It's a great, been a great hour here. But before we go, there's a couple things. I'm going to finish with, uh, with a little uh, special thing uh, on Tim and, and him performing. But you know what I'd like to do is I don't know to what degree, and I don't want to get too personal with you guys with regards to any messaging that you had with Tim prior to his, his, uh, uh, his, his horrible passing. But, you know, if there's, if there's a message that you can say to Tim right now, and actually, Vince Martell, I'm, I'm going to start with you, and then I'll, I'll call you guys. But what would be a message that you'd say uh, as a final uh, message of uh, goodbye to, you, to your brother, Tim? Uh, I would say, uh, Timmy, we loved you. We always will. You're the greatest bass player I ever worked with. Right on the money all the time. And, you know, a little temperamental sometimes. We had our differences of opinion, of course. It's all rock and roll, as everybody does in life, actually. But it's a pleasure and an honor to work with Timmy. 
And I'm looking forward to rocking with you again. I told this to Timmy. I'm looking forward to rocking with the Lord with you, Timmy. So that's what I'm looking forward to because he was like top notch, the best. Sensitive guy, wonderful guy, and we'll always love Timmy and everybody in rock and roll will never forget him. God bless you, Timmy. Great message. How about you, Warren? Well, I, I hope he knew how important he was to rock and roll and how much what he created uh, will carry on for people in the future. His legacy goes far beyond what uh, a lot of people understand. And, and I think a lot of musicians, especially if they don't get to that enormous pop star level, don't realize the impact that they make. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, uh, I hope that, that he did, uh, but his impact on, is going to be around for a long time. Man. Yeah. Thank you very much. Wearing great words. How about you, Jimmy Vivino? My mic is muted. Can you hear me? Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, I would just say, uh, tell Jamerson and Coltrane we said, hey. <laughs> that's it. He's with his heroes. Yeah, that's all you need. That's, yeah. You're right. Uh, He's with his heroes. He's with his peers. It's equals. Yep. How about you, Billy Sheehan? What would you say to Tim Bogart as a final goodbye? Well, uh, I had a conversation with him on the phone not too long ago, and uh, I knew that he knew that his time was coming, and uh, he was so gracious uh, and so understanding. Uh, We all wonder what what it's going to be like when we get there, and it was just just, what a a, – an amazing human being exhibiting a life well lived, so well lived that seeing it come to a close was not necessarily a, a, a tragedy. Uh, that, was, that was quite beautiful. And uh, I mentioned to him that, uh, you know, how important he was to me and that I stood on his shoulders and thank you for having such incredible shoulders. For, for not only myself, but for probably 10,000 other players who, who you were the spark and you were the, uh, the, the uh, fire that, that, that launched so many other players. And, and sure. all, of, all of our lives and all of our music is better because of you. Thanks, Billy. Yeah. Vinny Apice, what do nice. you got to say to Tim Bolger? Um, I would say... Uh, I mean, I don't play bass, but he was a big inspiration to, to me uh, as a drummer watching Tim play that good. And he set the bar for having uh, – he played so well that it made me want to practice more uh, to become as good as I can become. Mm-hmm. Inspiration to me in my whole career, you know. And Carmine, the whole band, Fudge, seeing the Fudge. Sure. It was, like, inspiring. And, and luckily – uh, my brother Carmine wasn't a wimpy drummer because mm-hmm. it would have been easy to just say, hey, it's Carmine's brother I'm playing. I don't want to hit him too hard. But, you know, Carmine was uh, the monster and uh, I had to be good. Oh, are you saying I'm the original drum monster? Yeah, how about oh, it? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm the original. You're the original monster. But Tim was an inspiration just because he played so good and showmanship and I was like, 
I would just stand there and watch them at the action house, Angelo and me, and man, go home and practice, you know, because uh, he's incredible. So nobody. Played. How about you, Mark Stein? Yeah, well, for me, uh, you know, I, I spoke to Tim several times uh, in the last months of his uh, life. You know, uh, first time uh, he called me. I hadn't spoke to him in a while, you know, and he kind of shocked me. I to, just to hear his voice, I said, well, here's a number come from California. I thought it was one of those sales calls. I said, but I'll pick it up anyway, you know, and it was Tim. And he was Mark, I just wanted to talk. I said, well, man, how you doing? It's good to hear your voice. And he told me he was sick, you know. He told me uh, he told me he had cancer. And I said, whoa, yeah, hang on, back up a minute. And, Explained to me what's going on, and you know, he, we we talked a while about it, and he actually told me uh, how liberating it was, the reality of what's going to be happening, you know. And uh, we spoke a few more times after that, and uh, the last time I spoke to him, I guess it was about three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago. I uh, actually Carmine told me that he wanted me to call him, so I I gave him a shot. He picked the phone up, and uh, we had a really upfront casual conversation. I said, you know, Tim, you know, we, we did something really special in our lives. You know, we, we dared to be different, you know, as a team. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we once walked together as kings. Yeah. Wow. Great words, man. Beautiful. Great words. Great Thank words. you, Mark. So, very nice, Mark. Very good. Thank yeah, you, Mark. Um, Carmine, um, yeah. what would you for say me, to your brother? For me, uh, it was, very difficult when i found out that he he said he wouldn't have much time left i mean i was crying like a baby you know he was like my brother you know like like vinnie you know and uh i got choked up and and i kept telling him you know, that, that i love him and i said and you don't know how many other people love you so i got on the phone and got everybody to call him like mark and vinnie and Dwayne Hitchings and this one and that one, everybody called him. Because what uh, Warren was saying, he didn't realize, because he hasn't been playing in a long time, what legacy he really left. I think he forgot, right. you know? Yeah. And and this kind of reminded him. And, and he called me and said, man, I really appreciate you having everybody call me. You know, it was it was really good for my soul. You know, I said, well, I'm, I'm glad. And, and, you know, I, I told him I would try and help him uh, as far as when he does pass uh, to try and help his wife, you know, go on with the life that, you know, all the stuff that has to be done for him. And he said, he, he couldn't stop thanking me, you know, and I just loved him. I mean, I told him, look, we created something that, that nobody ever did before. We, we were the, the number one rock rhythm section for many, many years, and the bands we created all kicked ass. And yeah. <clears throat> you know, and, you know, I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna miss calling you. I'm gonna miss calling, talking to you every. You know, I would call him every couple of weeks, three weeks. I call and see what's going on. When I go to L.A., I go out to lunch with him. One time, I went out to lunch with him, me, and Lita Ford. That was really <laughs> a weird. Pairing, you know, is Tim looking like a professor? Me with my colored hair, and Lita with all her tattoos, sitting sitting at an IHOP in Valencia. 
know. <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, Carm, you you played in all three of his bands, Beck Boger to yeah. Peace, of course, The Fudge yeah. and Cactus, and uh, I know you're in particular, but we're all going to miss him. We thank yeah. uh, all of our uh, everybody on our show tonight for for making this such a special uh, salute to our our brother Tim Bogert, who's passed. Yeah. Um, his memory will live on. His music will live on. And you know why it's going to live on? And up from me, the fan side, guys, I want to thank all of you because his music is going to live on through guys like you. We love you. Thank yeah. you. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to close our show. Uh, we got a very special solo, Tim Bogert and all oh. And it's going to be really, really cool. Oh. So once again, thank you all so much. Here's, here's to our brother, Tim yeah. Bogert. Uh, Leslie West, uh, you know, I mean, uh, 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 Eddie V, um, you know, all these guys, you know, they're, they're going to be with us. But again, God bless you guys for keeping the music alive and their memories and legacies alive. We'll see you guys. God bless you. And I'll leave you now you, with a solo from our brother that we lost. Gone too soon. Yeah. Tim Bogart. God bless you guys. Thank you. God Thank bless you. you. Much love to you all. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Grease it down, Timmy. <laughs> I listened to this the other day. That's <laughs> <laughs> Timmy. That's that humor you're talking about there, Carmine. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the saxophone. Yeah. yeah. Here, here comes the here comes the tone. There you go. Oh, not yet. Yeah, this is the clean sound. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! We used to call that sound the elephant in heat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. The elephant sound. That's right. That's an amping scrambler. <laughs> Billy, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're living in Asheville now. Yes, sir. You know, Rusty Day was there for a long time. Oh, uh, awesome. Way back. How beautiful. Woo! Yeah. Sounds like the bass mic was in another room. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah.